Hi folks, a shout out this week to Sharon Pask, who did a review of the Take On Board podcast. Thanks, Sharon. She says, gender pay gap episode, very informative session with Emma Ray. Thank you. Well, thank you, Sharon, for taking the time to do a review. We love to get reviews here. And thanks to Emma for doing that episode. Second announcement for this week. This week we're hearing from Kari Hatch. And listen right through to the end of the episode where she shares resources because not only does she share some resources in the episode itself, but sent me a voice memo afterwards with some additional ones. So there's some gold in there. Radio on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Take On Board podcast, where we talk all things boards and governance. I'm your host, Halia Svensson. Being on a board can be interesting, valuable and exciting, yet it can also be really lonely, challenging and hard. So here at Take On Board, we'll bring you weekly tips, tricks and advice to help you build your governance wisdom. We'll shine a light on how to navigate your way onto your first board or to build your board portfolio. We'll also help you to work through those challenges that keep you awake at night. Each week, I'll talk to women who have been there, done that, and together we'll discover what we need to take on board to be your best in the boardroom. Today on the Take On Board podcast, I'm speaking with Shana Schreier Joffe about a hot topic in many boardrooms at the moment, mandatory vaccination in the workplace. First, let me tell you about Shana. Shana has over 20 years experience as an employment and industrial lawyer. She began her career as a barrister in South Africa and has a master's in law from Cambridge University. Shana's clients include numerous publicly listed and international clients. She's the trusted advisor for all employment related matters for her corporate and government clients. Shana believes in preventative law and is a frequent blogger on employment law topics has written numerous articles that have been widely published and presents at a wide variety of seminars and provides in-house training on all aspects of employment law. She was recognised as a leading lawyer in her field by being nominated as a finalist for the Lawyers Weekly Employment Law Partner of the Year in 2019 and her team was nominated as a finalist for the Employment Law Team of the Year in 2020. Welcome to the Take On Board podcast, Shana. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolute pleasure. And in fact, I probably should do a, a shout out to Deidre Missingham, who prompted this conversation that we're having. She sent me something last week about mandatory vaccination. And I said, Deidre, we should have you on the podcast. And she said, no, you should talk to Shana. <laughs> and quickly did an introduction. So here we are. So thank you, Deidre. Uh, and thank you, Shana, for taking the call, literally. Now, before we talk about some of the governance challenges of COVID and mandatory vaccinations, as always, I love to dig a little bit deeper about the guest that I've got here. So tell me a little about you, maybe something that wasn't in that bio that we've already heard. Oh, dear, that's, that's a loaded question. Something about me that's not in the bio. I am a mum with three children. I uh, love to horse ride. I enjoy cooking. And I have to say that I have a passion for reading and uh, pottery. So when I'm not lawyering or advising clients, that's probably what you, where you can find me. 
Oh, fantastic. And now I know you're based in Sydney and we're recording this in the middle of October. So Sydney's just coming out of lockdown, which is no doubt a joy, as in Melbourne, as is Melbourne where I'm from. Just because you said horse riding in there, have you been able to see your horses? Have you been able to get out with them during that period? No, and I have to say that I, I put horse riding up there, but I haven't been able to horse ride um, because I unfortunately had a, a an operation from uh, for oh. breast cancer uh, oh. recently, so I haven't been able to do it much horse riding. But yeah, looking forward oh. to getting back to it. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. From my perspective, this might be surprising. Lots of people say. What's the worst thing that's ever happened to you? That mm. definitely is not the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. It's had lots of positive outcomes. So mm. I'm guessing that on the other side, the other things that you said there around reading, pottery, cookery, I'm guessing you've had um, <clears throat> possibly a little too much time to do those things over the last few months. Absolutely. <laughs> Looking forward to, like everyone else, getting back out there visiting my restaurants and going back to the office and interacting with my team. We've been doing it all by Zoom. And so this conversation we're about to have is just as pertinent to me and my employees Mm -hmm. and myself as just a member of the public as anyone else. Well, let's get into it then, shall we? So like I said, this was prompted because there'd been a bit of back and forth with Deirdre around mandatory vaccination. And I know that is a big thing for many boardrooms at the moment, but there might be more to it than that. So I'm going to start a bit more generally and let's see where it goes. What are the governance issues that boards should be thinking about at the moment in relation to COVID-19? That's a very, very important question, I think, at the moment, because if you sit on a board, you are ultimately responsible for what happens to the company that you govern. And in that sense, you are responsible for the work work health and safety of all of the employees that are employed by that organisation. And you're also essentially responsible for the reputation of that organisation. And those two factors mean that where we're at right now with COVID has significant impact on what I would suggest every board needs to be thinking about. Because if you are on a board and you are not over or covering what your organisation is doing in relation to protecting the employees that work there, both from a physical perspective and a mental health perspective, Mm. and what you're doing in relation to the people who visit your enterprise or your premises, and what happens if someone has COVID and passes it on, how that can happen, then you're not fulfilling your work health and safety obligations, which are imposed on board directors as a matter of law, got nothing to do with Mm -hmm. COVID. But COVID just is part and parcel of that. So... The starting point is you have an obligation as a director to ensure the work health and safety of your employees. As a governance point, you need to do that at board level. That's a requirement. And so these questions really then are just a bit broader than that. What is your organisation doing? What does mandatory COVID vaccination mean for your organisation? Do you need to have it? Are you one Mm -hmm. of those categories of business that's required by Victoria or New South Wales or wherever you might be Mm. um, running operations or is it a choice 
And for some, if it's a choice, it's much harder. <laughs> uh, if it's mandatory, yes. it's kind of like, well, the government says we have to do it. Now we have to mm -hmm. do it. How do we get our employees across the line? What do we do with those who don't want to come across the line? And those are questions that all need to be considered. If you have a choice, then there is a preliminary question. Do we or don't we mandate? Why mm -hmm. mandate? And what are the things you have to think about in, in terms of should we be mandating vaccinations? So you take the Qantases of the world or the, the, the businesses that are doing it at the moment and you go, well, what are their motivating factors? One is work health and safety. How do you ensure work health and safety for everyone? Two is let's have one rule that fits everybody because, you know, some states we've got, you know, the government telling us we have to mandate and others they're not doing that. So what do we do? And I think that the important thing for business is really to go, well, where do we sit in that? What do we want for our workplace? Is it reasonable? Can we direct people to be COVID vaccinated? And no doubt you'll, you'll ask me a question about that, so I'm happy to come back to that. I think at board level right now, these questions should be discussed. And I have to say they really, really, really need to have a plan. So... For those boardrooms or of those organisations that are mandated by the chief health officer or the equivalent, wherever, you're right. I think that makes it much easier. You just are. You're required to. It's for those organisations that are not, and you know, the Commonwealth Bank, Qantas, SPC, there's been a number of organisations that have mandated it for their own workplaces. What should organisations be thinking about, about whether that is reasonable or not? Yep. So I think the first question to ask and then answer, if you're mm. sitting on a board, is what do we do? What are our people doing? So it's not only the big companies that are mandating vaccines. I had a client called me and they're in the car wash business. And they said, well, our people on a daily basis dealing with the public and we have other people who travel around from each car wash and they might visit 20 car washes in a day. Now, if mm. they had COVID, they're spreading it to 20 other mm. locations. And so they said, we really want our people to be vaccinated. Mm. And they've had some re resistance. So the question from their perspective is, one, work health and safety. What happens if someone gets sick and has COVID in, in their environment? Quite mm. significant for their business. They'll close down a car wash or whatever it is. Quite significant for the spread. Now, this is before and in some in some states, you know, that kind of environment is now mandated. But the, the, mm. the basic question is, is it reasonable to direct an employee to be COVID vaccinated? And the real mm. question then is, what is reasonable in the circumstances? And it is a little tricky where you don't have anything that says you have to do it. Then the question will be become, well, can this person safely perform his role without being vaccinated? And if the answer to that question is yes, then the mandate will not be reasonable. And you might notice that, for example, Telstra has done a mandate where they've only mandated vaccines for their client-facing or customer-facing roles. People who work in the back office or can work from home, they haven't. And that's mm. one of the reasons. Because if you're not required to serve customers or interact with other employees, or you're, you're not going to put the business in risk if you've got COVID, mm. then it might not be a reasonable mandate. But in all other circumstances, especially now, if, for example, you had to close your business for three days to clean it and that would put you out or financially cripple you, mm. that's, in my opinion, 
enough to be reasonable. So you do have to have a little bit of that process. And then if you can answer those questions, yes, 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 or at least two out of three, yes, then I think that it would be reasonable to mandate vaccination. I want to dig a little bit more into the Telstra example there. It would be more likely to be unreasonable to mandate it for somebody who only works from home. That makes a bit more sense to me. But I'm interested in that part about front-facing, as in with customers, versus those that are back office, because a lot of the back office people will still be working with their colleagues, presumably. This is, comes back to that that more robust, what are we doing as a business in relation mm. to COVID? So if you're a business who can socially distance your employees and everybody is working in their own offices and they don't have to interact and they don't have to... now. That's going to be rare, but it, it's possible. And if you're prepared to, you know, have meeting rooms that are socially distanced and all of the things that we saw in the first phase of COVID, people coming in, they have to sanitise their hands. They have, and if you've got all of that, then arguably you could say, well, for those people who are going to come in, they're going to work in their office and go home we can use these other mechanisms to make it safe. And so it, it then becomes a balancing act. How many people are in your offices? How easy is it to keep people socially distanced? Mm-hmm. Um, how many of those people are actually vaccinated at the moment? And then that raises all sorts of other questions. Can we ask our staff what their vaccination you know, status is? Uh, can we disseminate that? So, mm-hmm. again... It becomes a bit of a snowball question because can we mandate vaccines, yes or no? Well, usually that's yes, you can, no, you can't, depends on the circumstances and each person has to be looked at individually. But Mm -hmm. then the question is, well, how do we know? Can we ask? What do we do with information? And Mm -hmm. all of those things have to be considered. It's really interesting. I had a client who called me up last week and they said they are a business that – effectively distributes eyewear and and glasses. And they said all of their optometrists and the like um, have said, well, to come into our stores, you now have to be vaccinated. So we need to know whether your employees are vaccinated. That raises a really interesting question. Can the company share the vaccination information of their employees with a third party? And what's the answer? Because that's a, that is a great question that I'm sure will be. Um... And it's really interesting because most people are going, well, this is private information. You know, how does it work under the privacy legislation and the like? And the laws around vaccination and COVID mandatory vaccinations and all of the health orders say that an employer is entitled to and, in fact, must collect this information and they must have it on file. It doesn't tell you anything about whether you can disseminate it to a third party. And in my opinion, that becomes an issue of privacy and you are then obliged to tell your employees that this has been a request because to enable them to go and visit whatever, to do their job, Mm. um, to be able to do this. And so you have to tell them and they have to consent. If they don't consent, you have another problem. What happens Mm. then? And so that's why I'm saying it's it's really interesting because I think that most people who sit on the boards, they've gone maybe to question one, but they're certainly not at question 10. Yeah, and that, that you know, there are varying levels in the rabbit hole of what all of those things might be. Absolutely. And so it's really, it's and even for me as an advisor, you know, I'm not thinking about every question until a client asks me that question I hadn't thought about. 
So it's been quite an interesting journey. You know, know, we've thought about policies and we've thought about social distance and we've thought about what signs you need to put in your workplace and Mm. what you need to tell clients and all of those things. And then you have a curvy one like that. And I was like, okay, that's another one you have to add. (laughs) And as I understand it, much of this at this stage is untested because it's also new. It is very new and it is very raw. So Mm. everybody saw the riots in Melbourne that was all about this. It was all mm. about employees not wanting to be mandatorily vaccinated in the mm. building industry. There are currently challenges in the, in the courts, but the courts haven't made any decisions. There are challenges to the mandatory vaccination um, mandates. I have to say that I think that it would be very unlikely. I'd be surprised if the courts found that they weren't legal or valid. And I would be surprised in the case of private employers not captured by these mandates where they go through the process I've described being found to have unfairly dismissed someone because they wouldn't get vaccinated because there are some test cases in relation to flu vaccines Mm. and in those cases the commission has found that the flu vaccine was valid and that's very COVID is so much more serious so I just don't see it as being a problem but it's mm. untested. Mm. And that's why I think it's so important for, you know, the senior people in any organisation to really think about this, not to be just reacting. And, you know, I have clients who say to me, and you've heard it on the radio, I've heard Neil Perry talk about this when, he, you know, they were talking about how restaurants going to cope with people who are front up at the doors and, mm. you know, here's a bigger business, but what about smaller businesses? And it's, it's a very valid question. You know, you've got a, a young employee who's standing at the front of your store who's checking IDs now and he gets or she gets some person who puts up a fuss. What mm. is that employee going to do? Now, mm. that is a work health and safety issue for your business. And if you mm. haven't considered how you're going to instruct that employee, how you're going to protect that employee, then you have a risk. Mm. And it's a foreseeable risk. Yes. You need to be thinking about that. Will restaurants require or pubs or whatever they may be need security people around to help deal with these sorts of things and exclude? Pubs, to some extent, already have a lot of these measures in place and often are refusing service for people dressed the wrong way or all ready to inebriate it or whatever it may be. So some of the pubs probably already have this in place, but not so much restaurants. So what are you hearing there about what restaurants might be doing to ensure their health and safety of their workers? I think it's it's restaurants, it's retail stores, it's your mm. local barber shop, it's your mm. you know, it's it's all of those stores who just don't have the resources. I mean, I've had a, a large number of dentists and you know calling me up going, "What do we do?" And we, mm. what do we do with our employees? And can what do we do with our clients who are saying they don't want to be served by a dentist who's not COVID vaccinated? I'm like, I get that. Yes. What do you do? And I have to say, you really need, I, I, there's no one size fits all. But I do think that, you know, if you're a business like a, a chain of retail stores, don't put your youngest, most exper- inexperienced mm-hmm. employee on the door. Because, you know, that 17-year-old who's just doing the casual job and is then confronted by, you know, angry people on a daily basis, that's going to be very difficult. Or give them training or actually tell them what to do. 
If yes. that happens, do they have a backup? Do this, do that. Do... You know, it's like when you have a fire, you have a fire drill. People yes. know what to do. Mm. I can guarantee you, I guarantee you that there are people standing at shop entrances who've got not a clue what to do if someone puts up a bus. Yes, absolutely. And they'll be the next one, not only dealing with the person at the door, but it'll all be videoed on all of the social media before you know it. Right, exactly. So it's really interesting. And I think these are challenging times mm. um, for business, for mm. small business, but big business too. In fact, um, to be honest, when you sit on a board of a private company or a public company, if it's a public company, it's even worse because you're more likely to be in the news. Mm-hmm. Um, you're definitely going to be challenged if you get it wrong. And you really, those are the companies who need to have sort of everything documented. And yes, we've thought yes. about it. But it's it's moving all the time. Yesterday it was, this was mandatory. And today I look at Victoria's new directions that came out, I think, last night or very recently. Mm. And there's a whole list of new people on there that can't come to work anymore because they're not, mm-hmm. if they're not vaccinated. So it's a bit of a moving feast. Whether it's mandated by the government or by the employer, whichever it might be, for you know, and let's assume that that is a valid order. It, if it gets tested, it's it's upheld. What happens with those employees that choose, for whatever reason, to not and they don't have a medical exemption? What what actually happens? Presumably, they're not rostered for work. Do they need to be redeployed? What happens? Great question. So. They cannot be rostered for work. There is a prohibition on the employer allowing them to come to work, mm-hmm. um, which leaves the employer with a choice. Um, the choice is find an alternative place for this employee to work. If they can work from home, fantastic. Or they can work mm-hmm. in isolation that doesn't contravene the work, the health orders, fantastic. But mm-hmm. I, that is going to be the very, very, very vast minority of employers in that, mm. in that position which means that those people who are not willing to be vaccinated are going to face the circumstances where the employer is either going to be required to terminate their employment or stand them down until they can be re-employed. Standing down employees in those circumstances also creates difficulties. So I think a lot of employees will lose their jobs um, Mm. because of this. And I've had that circumstance both on the employee side and the employer side. It sounds like, because my understanding is standing down an employee, there's actually quite restricted circumstances in which you can do that and not being vaccinated or not obeying a mandatory order is not one of them. So am I right then in thinking it's actually more likely the employees will get terminated than stood down? Um, I think that it is very possible that employees will be terminated instead of stood down. I think a lot of employers are trying to err on the side of we'll preserve your role until you're ready. Uh, mm. But then they're in this sort of twilight zone of whether that's legal or not. But the, mm. the, the worst option is termination, so they're kind of relying on that. But yes. I think that for employers in that circumstance, it creates a number of difficulties, just coming back to your question. I mean, one of which is the legality of standing people down in those circumstances. The second is, well, what do you do? Do you Are you allowed to go and hire someone else? And then when mm. the employees are now ready to come back to work, you've got two employees doing the job. Then you've got a double problem. I think employers who need their role done will go out and hire people who are vaccinated and are likely to terminate those who are not prepared to get vaccinated. And those are the challenges that are going to be coming through the courts, the unfair dismissals and the like. But I think that they will have very little chance of success. Yes. 
and you're right, they might be a little bit down the line with so many people, depending on what sort of workplace you're in, a lot of people have been able to work from home or do some of their work from home. So maybe it will be, well, you can work from home for now, although it doesn't work in a restaurant or retail or whatever it may be, but you can work from home for now and uh, we'll work it out down the line and uh, hopefully people will either choose to get vaccinated in the intervening period or may find themselves something else that suits them a little better where it's not mandated. It's really tricky because, I mean, I I have a client in the financial services industry and you think, oh, well, you know, these people are all working direct. I mean, they're not meeting millions of people like a restaurant. But I had the question from a client that went along the following lines. I have a, a person who doesn't want to be vaccinated. He can, for the most part, work from home or not work in the office. But his role is to meet clients. And what happens when the client refuses to meet him because he's not vaccinated? And yes. one, can the client even ask what is vaccination? What are the rules around can a client say, I only want to meet with a person of your organisation if they're vaccinated, please let me know if they're vaccinated. So can you or can't you? And then if they are not vaccinated and the client says, well, I don't want to meet with them, what does that do? Mm. Can that person actually do their job? Where are you left there? And that's where things like can it be mandated, is it reasonable, start coming into focus, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, as a customer, it means that you then have certainty that the person you are dealing with in whatever environment that might be, you have that certainty and that comfort that the person you're dealing with is vaccinated or the vast majority of them will be. So, yeah. Oh, it's a very fun can of worms that is coming Yes, it's, and it really is. I mean, I don't know the answer to this. I'm just posing the question. If you mm. are, a, for example, a um, a member of the public who goes into a dentist's office and the dentist is not vaccinated and the employee assumes that they are and the mm. employee gets COVID, is there going to be recourse against the dentist? I don't know. Those are questions that, you know, yeah, I would be asking if I was that patient then got sick because I went to visit my dentist, understanding that they were vaccinated and they weren't. Yes, absolutely. And increasingly, I think the customer will be asking the question and requiring it. So you're right, the next level will be privacy and what can and can't be revealed. And maybe a mandate just makes it simpler for everybody so that you don't then need to reveal, you don't need to I was going to say you may avoid, but you may not avoid either. But uh, anyway, it might make it easier around the privacy requirements if it's a mandate. I don't want to advise clients to do one or the other. That's certainly Mm. my my Mm. role. But I do very strongly advise anybody running a business to carefully give this thought and to be very clear about what their position is. So Mm. if it is mandating it, fine. Mandate it, be clear, put it in a policy. Make sure you've consulted and discussed it with your employees. Make sure everybody knows what this means, how it will work, what that means for them, all of the things. Be clear. And vice versa, if you decide not to mandate it, what does that mean? So does it mean that when you have a client who says, I don't want to come to meet that person, or how do you deal with that? What does it mean? How is it going to work? So that everybody's Mm -hmm. on the same page, so that you know as an organisation, this is how we're dealing with these issues. Yes. Yes. Oh, 
Shana, I was just going to say, what are the key things you want people to take away? I suspect what you just said then is part of the summary. But yeah, what are the key things you want people to take away in addition to that beautiful summary you just gave? Yes, well, seeing we're talking to board directors, I'm going to direct this sort of summation in my view as to what they should do to them particularly, Mm -hmm. which is be aware that you are obligations in relation to work health and safety and be aware that for you in your organisation, you need to understand what that means. So if you aren't asking the questions, ask the questions Mm. to make sure your organisation has very clearly identified what it's going to do, how it's going to do it, what its position is in relation to all of those things we've talked about in this conversation. And then three, ask to see the documents that set Mm. that out. Where is the policy What is the plan if something goes wrong, like that person's getting abused at the front door or like that client has asked for information? Where is it that the employees are going to know what to do? Uh, If I was on a board, I'd want to see all of that so that when if if something goes wrong, God forbid it shouldn't because if you've got a plan, you've got a much better place. But if it is, that person on the board can go, as a director, I did everything reasonably practical I could do to ensure Mm. this company is in the best place it can be. Yeah. If you can't say that as a director, you're failing in your duties. Is there a resource you would like to recommend for the Take On Board community? Oh, is this the point where I can push my own (laughs) agenda? Feel free. Yes. Uh, You know what? At the end of the day, the resources that most lawyers offer, but we certainly do, most good lawyers who are practising this area, is assistance in relation to advising big or small businesses in how to figure out what they should be doing. So what's mm. the plan? Yes. Then documenting that plan in a policy and helping clients work through this idea of mandating and, and the fallout that that might create for employees. So there's a whole raft of things that you'd need to do, consultation. You need letters, so letters to go to employees that direct them to be vaccinated and the requirements around that. And Absolutely, all of those things are things that we can help our clients with and we're doing that on a daily basis at the moment. Great. Well, we'll make sure we put a link to that in the show notes for people as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing all of that advice uh, and for sharing it so quickly. I should say... As a lawyer as well, this is general advice only. Please do not take this as legal advice, but get in touch Get in touch if you want that specific legal advice for your board to have the conversation that all boards really need to be having at the moment about how this is implemented. So thank you so much for taking the time today to share that. Thank you. Hi there, it's Helia. That's a wrap for the Take On Board podcast today. I do this podcast because I love bringing good women together. So it's great to be able to share these conversations that I'm having with these amazing group of women with you. Now, can I ask a favour? Could you share this podcast with someone you know? Perhaps you can share it with some of your board colleagues or someone else that you know that's interested in exploring all things boards and governance. With your help, we can grow the Take On Board community. Last but not least, if you want to continue the conversation, you can also join us over in the Take On Board Facebook group where there's lots of great discussions, tips, tricks and resources being shared. I would love it if you can join in the conversation there. You can find it by searching Take On Board in Facebook. Thanks for listening and tune in next week for another fabulous conversation.